So this morning, um, we are we're continuing in Pentecost. It is the Pentecost season around here in the church. And so I thought we would hang out in Acts for another week or two, or, and that's all I got. So um, a week or two. <laughs> so here we are in the season of Acts. But before we, before we do that, um, I saw this poem this morning that I wanted to read to you, and I was... I'm feeling a little depressed that it feels like fall out there, and you all know my feelings about fall, is um, I think it's the worst season. I know many of you all think it's the best season, but to me, it's like, um, it's like hospice care for the seasons. Like, we're all dying, and here we go. <laughs> Your time's up, friends. <laughs> we'll comfort you with uh, pumpkins. <laughs> this is from Wendell Berry. <laughs> Horseback on Sunday morning, harvest over, we taste persimmon and wild grape, sharp, sweet of summer's end. In time's maze, over falls, fields, we name names that rest on graves. We open a persimmon seed to find the tree that stands in promise, pale in the seed's marrow. Geese appear high over us, pass, and the sky closes. Abandoned as in love or sleep, holds them on their way, clear in the ancient faith. What we need is here, and we pray not for a new heaven or earth, but to be quiet in heart and in eye clear. What we need is here. Mm. I like that a lot this morning. It gave me hope. It gave me comfort. I love Wendell Berry. If you don't know, I've said that many times. So um, find Wendell Berry and love him like uh, he deserves. I, I think sometimes we get into these spaces, right, of life where we, we are always looking to the future. We pray in church even that we look forward, and it's part of my sermon today, that we will look forward to a new heaven and a new earth, and sometimes our eyes are just fixated on things that are far away, on things that are not here, on things that are not right now. We don't live in our moments, do we? We tell our children, when you get older, things will be better. We, we, we think, like, well, when we get the next job, it will be better. When we live in the next town, it will be better. When we get more money, it will be better. When we do this thing, it will be better. But what if better is right now? What if better is just here? Like, this is all we got. All we have, the future is, has not happened yet. The past is done. All we have is this moment before us right now. And maybe in this space that is full of what it is full of. All of our moments are full of what they're full of, right? They're full of joys and they're full of fears. They're full of beauty and they're full of pain. They're full of life and they're full of death. They're full of, of newness and they're full of endings. And this is life and what we have. And we're always feeling like, at least for me, we're always trying to get out of our moment. But what if we just lived in it and recognize this is what we have and everything we have is here. Everything we need is here. God has provided even the dandelions of the field, which we view as a nuisance and spray to try to get rid of, give life to our bees. 
And you could eat them too, so my wife tells me, and we have before. They're not lovely, but they will keep you alive. (laughs) But you know, let's be honest, some people's cooking is that way anyway. (laughs) So all we need is right here, God has provided. Everything you need, church, is here. He's here. God has provided. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to struggle. You just need to open your arms and realize that the God of grace has given you everything that you need. Because look around you. You are surrounded by love. You are surrounded by grace. You are surrounded by beauty. Not in this. This is not. This is nice, but this is not beauty. The stained glass is nice, but it's not beauty. You are beauty. You are beauty. And so look around and see what you have. And this morning, we come to this space of Acts. Last week, we talked about the coming of the Spirit and moving and breathing and being open and recognizing that new Pentecost happens. We had one Pentecost, but Pentecost moments happen again and again and again. The Spirit of Christ breaks loose and unleashes liberation. And where the Spirit of Christ is, there is always liberation. From those who have been bound up under the weight of oppressive regimes, over oppressive policies, over, over, over marginalized to the edges, where the spirit moves, it births new life and invites us all in. Even those who were the, even those are the ones who were part of the oppressive forces. The spirit of God comes and invites us in and says. Come and join the liberation, for you also need to be saved. This is salvation, when we are saved from the world that we have been living in, from the ways, the systems that we have been living in that hurt other people. Because when we hurt other people, we hurt ourselves. When we push other people out, we push ourselves out. When we marginalize and speak ill of other people, we speak ill of ourselves. When we move in power to, to, to establish our dominance over someone or something we only weaken the thing that God has given us the power that God has given us and so we seek to be saved this is why we come to church isn't it we seek to be saved we seek to be renewed we seek to be liberated and we will only find that in the liberation of those around us that is the spirit of God unleashed upon the world and inviting us to join in And so as this comes, as we read this beautiful, magnificent opus of Acts, the Spirit has come, and Peter stands up and proclaims to the people, listen, y'all, this is the message of life I want to declare to you today, that this Jesus that you crucified, that you assassinated, that you cut down, that you cast out, that you sent to the top of the hill to scapegoat, that you blame for your problems, for your fears, for your uncertainties, that Jesus that you destroyed, that one is alive. He is the true Lord, the ruler, the life, and he has ascended into heaven. And if we want life, then we will follow him in his ways because he is leading us out of Egypt through the Red Sea and into a new land of hope and renewal. That Jesus 
is the one that will deliver us. So let's follow him. And in this amazing move of the Spirit, thousands that were gathered say, yes, yes. I, I think that's what salvation is. You know, when growing up, we, I was very conservative, very evangelical, and growing up, and, and like, oh, gosh, I, I should have brought, you know those tracks, those, they call them tracks, those little pamphlets that you see in the bathroom sometimes that um, they're like, if you die tonight, would you go to heaven? And like a lot of them are a trick, right? Like there's these, there's these ones that were like, a, they look like money, look like real money. And they, people just left them on the sidewalk and somebody pick them up and be like, you thought you won this $200, but let me tell you the truth of life. Like you can really get to heaven. Like y'all, that's really... <laughs> We're, we're, we've resulted in trying to trick people into following Jesus. That's where we are at this point, right, in life. But, but like all these things, we're basically like pray this prayer, right? Repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I repent of my sins, like, right? Like that's, and, and like, to me, like, oh, like okay, cool, what, whatever, fine. You, you do you, do fine. But like for me, this, this, is, this is it. This is the response, I believe. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's all you need. Like you hear this good news and the only response you need is yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. You're in. You're in. You're a follower now. Congratulations. You've been immersed in this way of life. And so here the response is Yes, we want this good news that you speak of. We want to be liberated too. And the first thing that they do, the first thing that they do is they gather in little communities. Now, these weren't communities of thousands of people. These weren't the earliest megachurches. These were just little groups of people gathering, probably eating together. They were probably like, hey, y'all, hey, I, I, I saw you out there. You, you want to come over for dinner tonight? And you're like, hey, yeah, let's, let's grab Leroy and, um, and like, let's, let's have dinner. Come on, let's have supper. And people were gathering together. That's probably what it was like. And this says this in Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for us and all the people of God. This, I think, is one... This, I keep coming back to this all the time. People are like, how do we do church? How do we do this community of faith? How do we do this thing? I keep coming back to this. This is, this is how we do it. We gather together. We eat. We haven't been able to do that for a while, but we're going to get that back to that, hopefully. We gather together. We eat together. We pray together. And we live in this alternative way of doing life. This is it. This is the Christian life. This is the Christian community. It's not complicated. It's not, it's not rocket science. It is just this. Gather together and do this life. Love each other. Hold each other. Eat with each other. Pray for each other. And stand with each other. And if somebody has need, help them. If somebody has a problem, be there. If someone's going through a hard time, show up. Be with each other. This, I think, 
this is, I, I, this is, when you see this, this is not, like sometimes we think of like, what, what is a miracle, right? What is a miracle? And like, oh my gosh, you know, you see on Christian TV, like, like oh, they, like they couldn't walk and now they walk, like amazing. Okay, cool, all right, cool, that's miracle, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, but what I think a miracle is, is, is living a different way. I, I think that's a miracle. Like, you, you know the hardest thing to do in this world is to live alternatively. Live in a different way. Like, like we, from the moment we come out of our mother's wombs, we are taught a certain way to live in, in this life, right? We are taught, like, you are what you produce. You, you are beautiful because you meet this standard. You are successful because you do this you, you need to strive towards this education and this career and this way of life. If you are white, you are this. And if you are not, you are this. And if you, are, if you love these people, you are this. And if you love these people, you are this. Like we come out of our womb and we are immediately told, get in line, brothers and sisters. Get in line. This is the way you do life. March along the beat of this way. What I think a miracle is, what I think the, the, the opening of the Spirit is, is when we wake up and we realize, whoa, this march is just leading me off the cliff of death and we fall off. What I think the Christian community is, is to say, hey, get out of there. Get out of there. Stop. You, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to have that set of values. You don't have to hate those people. And you don't have to be supreme to those people. And you don't have to take power from those people. And you don't have to get your value in what you make or what you do or how much money you make or what your politics are. You don't have to. There's another way, y'all. There's another way. You don't have to push people down. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to be hateful. You don't have to be violent. You don't have to do these things. There's a different way. There's a different way. You can live in an alternative kingdom, in an alternative way of being alive, an alternative way of being human. That is the Christian life. That is what we are doing here. That is the open table way that we come into this space and we say in this space there are no boundaries in this space although I get up here and I deliver this like okay I I, I am not the the head of this place we are all together as one in this space we push off the forces of hierarchy we push off the forces of division. We force off the forces of blame. We force off the, the prestige of power, the prestige of money, the prestige that, of education. We try to push those things off and say, around this table, around this table, where we take the body of Christ, and we take the blood of Christ around this table, which extends infinitely both ways. We're all the same and we're all equal. And if somebody does, if somebody is out there in the world and they feel lost and alone, 
If they feel like they have been pushed down by the forces of our world, then we say, come to our table. You are welcome here. Not only welcome. Okay? It's one thing to be welcoming. Yes, that is the first step, to be welcoming. But we also want to be empowering. To say, if I have harmed you, if something in my life has harmed you, if by some way that I took a stance or I did a thing or I, I held a position and that position has been detrimental to your existence, forgive me. Forgive me, I pray. Forgive me. How? And then after we ask that, we ask, how then can I live? How then can I live in a way that empowers your life? That that lifts you up, that helps to break the chains that you are bound in. Please, show me, tell me, I want to be there for you. This is what our table is about, that we sell our possessions and give to the poor. Maybe, maybe we not, we're not so good at that. Let's just be honest, okay? Maybe we're not so good at that today. But we pool our money. We do. That's why you give. That's why you give to the church, so that we can try to benefit and bless our community, so that we can be people who are like, if you have need, people show up here every week, Wednesday, people come in, they, they grab food, people are taking out food every Wednesday. It's like, that's because of what you do. That's your work. People find hope because that's your work. That's what you do. This is what the Christian community does. But you know what we can do, and, and there's a harder work than giving up our money, is giving up our power. He's saying, I've been given something by society that I did not earn. I, let, let, me speak, let me speak for myself. <laughs> I won't put this on you. Let me speak for myself. As a white man, I recognize that I have been given a great amount of privilege that I did not earn, that I did nothing for. I just showed up white and male. But my work is that I would recognize that and to use that. That's never going away. I, 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 no matter how hard I try, this, it's never going away. It's never, this is the way our society is. But I can use that. I can recognize that I have been given this and that my role and my responsibility, it's like Spider-Man, right? Like, with, you know, great power become, with, comes with great responsibility. Uh, no, y'all didn't see Spider-Man. <laughs> Peter Parker. What was the uncle's name? Uncle, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> but we have that responsibility. If we have been given something by society, then we should be giving it away. Here, 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 y'all, here. How can I live in such a way as a witness to this alternative kingdom? How can I live in such a way that gives life in this way, that we gather together and that we give our power away and we give our money away and we give our time away and we give our lives away and we give 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 and we give. We are a community of givers. We are a community of the compassionate. We are a community of those who have been reformed in such a way, who see the world differently, who see the world not as we have been told, but see it through the eyes of Christ. 
Now, now where, where do we get this vision? I think we get it in the book of Revelation. Like, I love the book of Revelation. It's, you know, it, let, let's be honest. It is the most misunderstood book that we have in this here text. It's, it's done a lot of damage. It's done a lot of things that people have held on to that aren't good in any way. You know, like, like this, the Revelation is not trying to teach us about some far off end time. It's not trying to teach us about some rapture that, you know, we, we make up. It's not. It's not. It's not. That, that takes away all of its power. That's what it's done. All of these things that we believe, like, oh, this is about some future. This is about God taking God's people away. Like, that just, that removes its edge, its sharpness. The book of Revelation is written to a group, like, like the book of Acts, like the Acts, that group of people who formed together and made these communities, this, these alternative communities where they were living in an alternative way, in a way that, that the empire did not like. Rome did not like. The powers that be did not like. And they were suffering persecution. And they were wondering and praying, God, we're doing what you told us to do, but yet we are suffering. Why, God, are we suffering like this? Why D does, does the way of the world seem to prosper and we suffer? Why is that, Jesus? And they were praying in desperation, in pain, and in hurt. And in that moment, Jesus speaks to them in this book. This is for them. Those early young Christian communities in these difficult, desperate situations where they were being persecuted, where they were trying to live out their faith, trying to do it alternatively, but just were being, being ridiculed, being shut down. The authorities were pushing them out, making their lives difficult. And in that moment, in that moment, these words come. It says... The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Soon, which is like, yes, then, right, then, right now, then, a long time ago. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant who testifies to everything he saw. And then he goes, says, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before the throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kingdom of earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve God the Father forever. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Look. He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, those who, are pierced, those who pierced him. And all peoples of earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This are the, these are the words that are revelation. This, this, this is the words that are coming to us today. In the midst of our uncertainty, in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our struggles of how do we do this Christian community when we have the forces of, of this sort of politics, with this sort of economics, with this sort of, 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 of life that is all around us, how do we do this? Because Lord God, we're not sure. Lord God, we're feeling Pressure and uncertainty and pain. How do we do this? The words come to us still today through this and say, remember church, 
Remember, you may look around. You may look around on TV, and you may see your senators and congresspeople. You may see your presidents. You may see your military leaders. You may see other countries rage. You may see all those things happen around you. But remember who's in charge of the cosmos. Remember who was dead but yet is alive forevermore. Remember who created the very footstools of all the universe. Remember who is God Almighty. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Remember, y'all, in the face of our difficulty, in the face of our pains, in the face of our trials and struggles, to be this group of people, remember who sits on the throne of the universe. It is not me, and it is not you, and it is not the president, and it's not the generals, and it's not the rulers of any country. It's Jesus Christ. Remember that. Wherever you go and whatever you do in life, remember you our servant of the ruler of the cosmos. It is not Caesar that sits on that throne. It is not Pharaoh who sits on that throne. It is Jesus Christ. This is the message, and, and it goes over and over and reminds the church, yes, it has all sorts of crazy imagery that's difficult to understand, and we can't make sense of it, and yet, but it, it is sensible, and you can make sense of it, but it is difficult. But yet the whole message of the book of Revelation is a reminder to that early church which gathered together and was breaking bread and said, we're going to be a, a, a community of forgiveness. We're going to be a community of, of, of equality. We're going to be a community of justice. But then it seems like it's not working and it's falling apart. This message comes and reminds them, it's okay. Jesus has got this. Jesus has got this. Church, Church has been around for a long time. Churches come and they go, but the church exists. And so sometimes I think we just need to take a step back, don't we? We just need to take a step back and we need to realize, like, it's going to be okay, right? It's going to be okay. We can't see the future. We don't know what may happen. We have fear and uncertainty, but if you allow those fears and those uncertainties to gain more power than they should, they will steal and they will kill and they will destroy because that's what fear does. It turns us against one another. It causes us to create scapegoats, to push people out, to push people down because we're afraid. But you don't have to be afraid. There's nothing to fear because Jesus is here. Jesus is here in our midst, in your life, in front of you and behind you and to the right of you and to the left of you. Jesus is here. Today is Trinity Sunday in the church and preaching about the Trinity is like trying to catch a lizard. It's pretty difficult. <laughs> but... But maybe this is what we need to remember. <laughs> you won't remember anything else today, will you? <laughs> Nothing else. That's it. <laughs> I'm glad I gave you that gift. 
But maybe that's what we need to remember. Maybe we don't need to understand God's magnificence and three distinct... But maybe we just need to remember that God is here. God's here. Maybe we can't fully understand God. Maybe we can't fully explain God. Maybe sometimes we don't even believe that we fully believe in God. It's okay. No matter where you are, all we need to say is yes. Yes. And Jesus is here. And Jesus is here. God is remaking the world and inviting us to join us in that partnership. Inviting us to join God in the remaking and the renewal of all things. And we don't always get it right. And we take detours along the way. And sometimes we realize, wow, I did that thing wrong back then. And I was wrong about that. And I was wrong about this. And I hurt people back there and back there. But God is still at work. No matter what, God is still at work. And the end of Revelation, we find what is our great hope. And this is not something that we look for with great anticipation, but this is something we have assurance of. And that's what I mean. Like, we have assurance of this. this is, we, we, we don't pray for the new heaven and earth. We look around us. We pray for open eyes and open ears right here, right now. But here's what we need to remember that God is renewing all things. And, and one day, one day all things will be renewed and it will be like this. Then an angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city amidst us, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They will not need the light or the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them the light, and they will reign forever and ever. This, friends, is the imagination of hope today. May our minds not be framed by the forces of fear. May our minds not be framed by the forces of division. May our minds not be formed by our pain, by our sorrow, by our grief. May our minds be framed with the imagination of hope. That God is here creating something new and that we are surrounded by love and that is worth fighting for that is worth striving for that is worth giving ourselves for so today may we be that alternative community may we be that christian community that stands up to the faces of fear and uncertainty and division and hatred and says we are followers of Jesus. And we don't live that way. We live in a different way. A way of light. A way of hope. A way of healing.
to the nations. As we come to this table today, may we have that on our hearts. And may we remember who we are today. As you hold out your hands and take a piece of the bread and cup, may you remember you are beloved, God's chosen, the people of life. Let's pray together. Lord God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your grace. We give you thanks for your life. And we pray the simple and humble prayer that so many have prayed before us. Save us, O Lord. Save us, we pray. Save us from these forces of death and destruction that seem to be around every corner. Save us from the imagination of fear. Save us from the lie of division. Save us from the economies of exploitation. Save us. God, save us, we pray. Save our minds. Save our hearts. Save our souls. And join us to yourself and help us to be in awe of your great love. We gather around this table, Jesus, today because of you, because of your sacrifice and your love for us. We pray to you today because we know you sit on the throne of the cosmos and you hold all of life in your hands and we, you hold us in your hands. God, save us from ourselves from the ways that we hurt each other so often. Save us, we pray. We are your people, and we declare yes. Yes.